This is the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Friends. If you would like to support and be part of our community, you can start by visiting zennovascotia.com. It's an interesting mental exercise to ask yourself, what was the last lie that I told? If I ask myself that question, I go, I start going back through the day. And because I'm a parent, I can usually find one. But in fact, the teachings of Buddhism would suggest that the answer is seconds ago. We lie to ourselves all the time. It's not at all wrong to say that Buddhism rests on the idea that we are living in ignorance. And that there's something problematic about that. And that makes the precept of not lying have a particular weight. Like all the rest, it's really easy to talk about this precept as if it's the only precept. When we speak of this one, it touches on our relationships, it touches on how we practice, it touches on how we choose to see ourselves in the world. When we sit in Zazen and we face the wall, you know, it's it's popular to say that we're facing ourselves. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes there's a kind of encounter. There's a mirror. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes it's like we're watching a TV screen. What's reflected back at us isn't really us. It's a story that we have. Usually it's a story we've rehearsed. Part of what makes dreams at night so fascinating is that often, with some exceptions, often they're not stories we've rehearsed. They're stories we're trying on for the first time. And they're messy and they're weird. But when we sit alone with ourselves, the stories that we come up are often stories that we've played out over and over and over again. Our waking dreams are cultivated. They're practiced and they're very refined. This is one of my, it's one of my favorite topics the ways in which we dream. And I, I heard someone remind me, someone reminded me today that Chogyong Trumpa used to talk about ignorance and how ignorance has its own intelligence. It has a kind of self-defense mechanism. 
it's actually pretty smart at perpetuating itself. It's what it wants to do. So we come into this practice that wants to confront that. We come into a practice that wants to see through it, that wants to get to a place that's, that's honest. Honest in how we see, honest in how we move, honest in how we speak, honest in how we listen. And so we don't need a really strong argument for the problem of lying. Everyone wants to be honest. Everyone wants to see. Everyone wants to hear. And when you take it into your own hands to obscure reality further for another person, you're stealing. You're stepping into the area of their life that is the most difficult because for all human beings it is the most difficult and then you're making it harder because you're adding a new layer of confusion. And depending on who you are, you might do it with some authority. So that that person has even further to go to find that place of seeing clearly. We talk about fake news as if it was invented this year. If you have ever told a lie, you have been a purveyor of fake news. If you have ever chosen to embrace or to believe or to ignore a lie, it's not that different. It's just the audience is yourself. It's the thing that we're worst about and the thing that we're best at. It's, it's charming sometimes when people say, oh, I'm a terrible liar. No, you're not. There's no such thing. Some people are bad actors. Everyone's a good liar. If we care about the project of seeing clearly, we must care about other people seeing things clearly. We must care about how we're participating in those kinds of lies. At my children's school, there's a the the playground is not the kind of playground I had when I was at school. When I had, when I was a kid, it was just concrete forever. My kids have this wonderful school where there's some woods in the back. They have trees and they have rocks and they can go back there and they can play in the mud and it's fantastic. But the other day, I picked up my my kids from school and my son was telling me that that morning. Uh, some of the kids had found a dead rat in that wooded area of the playground. I don't know how it got there. 
But you know, the rats around here, they're huge. And some of the kids that found it, they gathered around it. And they were, they were throwing rocks at it. And they were poking it with sticks. And, you know, we don't really have a word for this when we talk about animals. But, but they were desecrating this animal. They were kind of tearing it apart for their curiosity or for their enjoyment. And as we were driving home, we had this really interesting conversation because my son knew that this was wrong. He felt that this was wrong, but he didn't know why it was wrong because he said they're not, you know, they're not actually hurting the rat. The rat's dead. And yet this doesn't feel okay. And from that, we had a conversation about the ways in which we form habits, the ways in which we open up avenues of behavior and avenues of thinking that before were a little bit more tightly closed. And so we discussed how in attacking the body of that rat, you're practicing being aggressive. You're practicing being violent. You're practicing a kind of disrespect. And you can say, well, it's okay because the rat was dead. But I think we have a lot of evidence that if that it means the next time you're a little more able to do it again. You've opened up some part of your mind that says, well, this is all right to a degree. We face this every day with untruth. It's a spectrum. Every time we say something that is not true, we make it easier the next time. Every time we swallow a lie, we make it easier the next time. Every time we just ride the wave of something that we feel might be wrong, but that would be very difficult to fight or examine, we make it easier the next time. Not just for us, we make it easier for those lies to enter our minds and to find purchase there. We give them a home. When I think about what years of doing Zazen has done for me, it's always hard to say. It's hard to quantify anything. It's hard to know, you know how I would be different if I had never done it once. Maybe mostly the same. I, I don't want to make any strong assertions. But what I can say is that a lot of my experience of sitting has been the experience of watching myself lie to myself. <laughs> and starting to notice how easy it is and starting to notice 
how pleasurable it is. And then trying to do the work of pulling back, trying to do the work of opening my gaze to see where I am instead of where I think I should be. So that the story in my mind matches the story in front of me. I think we have an idea, perhaps because we always, we get stuck in the idea of white lies, right? The follow-up question to this kind of conversation always is, but, you know, what if you don't want to hurt someone's feelings? So we, 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 we get stuck in the idea that when we manipulate someone else's view, that maybe we're doing it uh, because it's, it's difficult to... Uh, to say the thing that needs to be said. Maybe there's even a kind of kindness. Or perhaps if we think about lying to ourselves, we imagine that there are things that we just don't want to know. But if we want to put a, a, a point on it, it's that there are things that are too painful to know. It's hard to look ourselves in the face. Not because we're bad. Not because we're ugly. But because the very definition of dukkha is that where we are right now is not where we would like to be. Some aspect of it isn't quite right. And so we avert our gaze. This precept is very closely tied to the precept of not stealing. It's very closely tied to the fifth precept, which we'll talk about next time, about not indulging in intoxicants. It's how we cloud our mind and how we cloud the minds of others. And again, it's, it's what we're best at. It's our superpower. So it's the thing that we need to be really, really careful with. And I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.